This is Live Limitless, episode number seven. Welcome to the Live Limitless podcast, where we interview normal, everyday people who decided to push their limits and live a much more limitless and remarkable life. I am your host, Matthew G. Bailey, international man of curiosity, a writer, lifestyle entrepreneur, and connoisseur of world travel. When the interview's over, please take a moment to visit livelimitless.net. Say hello, I'd love to hear from you. You can also sign up for the newsletter or just look at the information on all the past interviews. All right, now that the intro's over, let's do this. All right, welcome everyone to Live Limitless episode number seven with Mike Krastoski. Um, Mike's a life coach for high-performing men. He's also a yoga instructor, adventure, and a location-independent entrepreneur. Uh, he writes at herstoski.com. And the, the first time I met Mike was actually through a bungee jumping. Uh, I organized some bungee jumping at the first World Domination Summit. And that's when uh, I met him the first time. And then uh, more intimately, I got to, to know him a lot more at the, the last South by Southwest, where I stayed with him and some friends there in Austin for a week. And just had an awesome time and really got to know him and his brother and just awesome people. So I thought I'd have him on the, on the show here. Cool. How's your, how's your day going? Um, it's good. I'm in i I'm in Scottsdale right now. Um, still traveling. Um, it's been, I was just talking to somebody. It's been 14 months now since I've been location independent. And it's like, I'm not dead and <laughs> I, I still have money in my bank account and, and, and somehow like it's still working. So just really grateful for, being here on the show and still like living out of a suitcase and just like really enjoying it. That's awesome. Well, even since I partied with you in March, you've been what to Germany and Norway. And uh, yeah, I mean, I, I essentially closed down my coaching business for a month and just really like hyper-focused play. Um, One of my best friends turned 40 and I had opportunity to hang out with him and some of my really good guy friends and in Germany and Norway and um, the, Netherlands. Um, and you know, part of me was like, Oh man, like I'm, I'm building my business. I'm building my coaching business. Like I shouldn't take time off. But at the same time, when I really thought about it, it's like, when is my friend going to turn 40 again? Like what I'll never have this opportunity. So I did it. It was a blast. And now I'm back in the States and, um, you know, just kind of cranking on just getting blog posts out, you know, working, um, yeah, just, just working on my business and, um, but, but doing it from, I think doing it from a place of like enoughness and not, and, and just knowing that like everything is progress and, um, and not like killing myself. Cause I, I'm not a six figure coach, like instantly. And you know, like, yeah, I'm yeah. Not a huge internet name instantly, but still really enjoying the process and still like still paying my bills and still, um, having a great quality of life. So. And probably all that rest and energy from the partying will, will tr- transfer into your coaching, right? Something, something like that. Something like that. Because after like South by, I felt like I don't know. Even though it was just a week of partying, I just felt so like rejuvenated. You know, mm-hmm. just just to to let loose for a yeah. week. Really, it, yeah. it shows up in your work later, anyways. Yeah, I mean, I um I play a lot. Like I um most of so I I'm a men's coach. I work with high performing men. Um, most of my clients are entrepreneurs. A lot of internet entrepreneurs. Um, and a lot of them, I'm like, dude, like, like you need to play more, like, you know, like you need to not be in your bedroom for 12 hours a day, writing copy and like working on stuff and playing on Twitter and, you know, like there's a world out there to interact with. And, um, and I think I might, you know, who knows, like it's, it's, it's working for me now, but like, I feel like I need to work more. And I sometimes like get down on myself for not working more, but at the same time, like just it's building and, um, I think there's something to be said about like, like one-on-one, just like person to person interaction. Um, I think it's, it's very powerful. And I, um, I spend a lot of time and money being in front of other humans. Like I, I go to world domination summit. I go to South by Southwest. Um, I just signed up for awesomeness fest. It's like the mind Valley retreat with like 250s, you know, authors and entrepreneurs. Nice. Uh, and, you know, part of me is saying like, Oh man, like that's, that's a lot of money to be, you know, spending on, you know, just, just a conference, it'll probably cost me 2,500 bucks, but all I need is one coaching client and, and it pays for itself. And, and, and the people there are just people who I want to be connected with and people who, um, you know, like when I think of 
my best friends right now, most of them I've known for less than a year, but you know, we met at a South by or we met at WDS and we're just so aligned, like in terms of values that it's like, wow, dude, like we're going to be really good friends. And you know, like when I think of guys like Dan and Nikki and just people who I travel with and who I've been spending a lot of time with, you know, it's, we met and just instantly we're like, Oh wow. Like, like we're going to be friends just cause we're on like similar paths and yeah. we're just, you know, we're growth minded, you know, kind of purpose minded individuals who make money online. So might as well kind of hang out together and live together and play together. So. Yeah, so really it's an investment. Yeah. So going back like before 14 months ago, you know, you're an MBA graduate, mm-hmm. um, had a pretty lucrative career for a Fortune 500 company and living what, what, what some would call the life. So what, yeah. um, like what made you want to give all that up? Um, I think a lot of things. So I, um, it was my first corporate job and I've, uh, I've worked in sales before I, I managed retail, um, offices, but it was the first time I had to be in an office, um, all day. And, um, like, you know, me pretty well, like I'm kind of a, kind of a wild man, kind of crazy person. <laughs> like I like being outdoors and barefoot. And like, I just, like, I, um, I, I was going crazy. I was like, there's, there's no way I can do this for the next 20 years. Yeah. Um, I would, you know, like I also teach yoga. So like I, I was just like that weird guy in the office who'd be like on, on conference calls, like doing stretches with the door closed. And, um, and my, my lunches, I would spend like taking walks with like friends and like, Hey, like let's do a walking lunch. And then I'll just eat my lunch at desk. And, um, I, it's not natural to sit for like 10 hours a day. And so I think that was a big thing of just, I, I really didn't like it. Um, and, and the work that I was doing, um, definitely wasn't playing to my strengths. Like I was doing um, just like metrics work and I was spending the time on things that like my gifts are definitely like coaching and mentoring and, um, you know, handling complex employee relations issues. And it's, it's people like really understanding people. And, you know, that's why I've, I, I took what I was good at and what I loved and that's why I made a business out of it. But I just wasn't doing enough of that. And I guess like my soul, so to speak, was just like not, not being, energized at, at the work I was doing. Um, but the, the real big catalyst is, you know, like I went to WDS, um, the first world domination summit and just blew me away. Like the, I had no idea that there were people who just made a ton of money online and like lived in Thailand and just like lived these crazy adventurous <laughs> four hour work week type lives. And then I just, I met hundreds of people like that. And for me it was evidence of like, wow, like this is actually possible. Um, so it just totally blew my mind. Um, um, I, I say a lot, like it was like taking the red pill in the matrix and just being like, holy shit, like this is, this is a possibility for me in my life. Um, and then, I mean, I talk about it a lot on my, on my blog, but the day before WDS, my mom passed away, um, unexpectedly in her sleep. So for me, it was just this like double whammy of just really thinking about like, what am I doing with my life? Um, and I think after that, just the office environment just was so intolerable that, I mean, I only lasted another six months before, you know, I left in December, 2011, um, then sold everything I owned February, 2012, and just have just kind of been on this journey of like doing things that make me happy for the past, you know, I think year and five months and I'm not dead. I still have money in my bank account. Um, every month feels like a year in terms of like life experiences and conversations and travel. And, um, yeah, I just feel really, really lucky that I'm here talking to you and even to hear Mike Rostowski, location, independent entrepreneur. Like I remember just a couple of years ago, I would look at guys like, like Chris Gillibo or Sean Ogle and be like, man, those guys are freaking superheroes. Like, like how do they do that? You know, like, that's, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. And that's what I'm doing now. So that's awesome. So did, did you have any sort of, plan uh before you quit or just kind of threw yourself into it i i literally had no plan um i had i've I've always been really good with my money because i i grew up without any money um so i've just i've always i've had to make good decisions with my money because i like there was no plan b like I, i couldn't spend all my money and be like hey dad like can you send you know send me five grand like i've i've always had to from a young age, like if I wanted something, I had to find a way to pay for it. Um, so, you know, making 
sort of an MBA salary, I was able to save a pretty considerable amount of money being like a young single guy without any debt. Um, so I, I had a pretty good cushion coming out of corporate. And I told myself, I'm just going to take a year, like a full year, and just be in the service of others and like do things that make me happy. So 2012, like I didn't charge anything for my coaching services. I mean, I did a couple hundred hours of pro bono coaching. Um, my brother and I did um, a summer to serve, which was our project of just driving around um, America doing volunteer work. <laughs> and, and just kind of, we just came up with it. Like, let's just drive around the country and do volunteer work. You know, you're a freshman in college, you have summer vacation. I am a freshman in life and, you know, like <laughs> just, <laughs> let's just see what happens. And it was such a rich experience. Um, it's, it changed me so much as a person and working with like kids and hearing their stories and like doing volunteer work and like shoveling horse poop and like <laughs> working on construction sites. It just like, it made me a better person and just more appreciative um, of just growing up in a family with, with two parents that love me. And, you know, just after the summer, I, I realized that like, man, I won the parental lottery, like just to have two parents who love me and like weren't in prison and didn't like, get drunk every night and because I would I would hear those stories from these kids and it, it really changed the way that I you know saw my parents and I saw my childhood and just made me so grateful for what I grew up in um, which you know up until then you know I thought like oh man like I like my my parents you know aren't rich or like my parents aren't doctors or lawyers and it like kind of made me feel like I wish I had better parents sometimes and I had the best parents in the world and um, and that was just like one of the many like mindset shifts that, that I kind of picked up from doing that. Um, but I, I just kind of rambled a lot, um, <laughs> but yeah, in, in essence, no, um, no plan. So no yeah. plan. And, uh, so, you know, 2013 at the beginning of the year is when I kind of flipped the switch and started, you know, charging for my coaching and it's, it's working out well. I mean, I, I'm paying my expenses, which is all you can ask for. Um, and, uh, it's, it's, it's growing. Like I think month by month, I'm getting more referrals. My writing's getting better. I'm doing more interviews and, uh, just, yeah, it just, it's somehow it's working out perfectly. So. Yeah. I definitely think sometimes offering your services for free in the beginning is a great way to test it and to learn and to get some testimonials and just mm -hmm. to feel more comfortable. Um, I was just curious with the road trip with your brother, how did you find all those little opportunities to volunteer? Yeah, so I, um, I, I mean, I've been blogging for almost two years um, on Rostowski.com, which is the hardest domain name to spell. <laughs> um, so I, uh, I, I just put a blog out and said, "Hey, like, here's, um, here's what I'm doing this summer, and I need your help. Like, if, if you know of organizations that can use, you know, some just help in, in, in anything, like, we'll come and dig ditches, or we'll." do free coaching or we're healthy with like social media stuff or we'll just come and play with kids for the day. Um, so I, I just put it out to the universe and, um, people just, just came out of nowhere, like to, to host us at their homes or to like have us go work at their organizations or at their places of business. Or sometimes, you know, I would just go work with an entrepreneur for a day and just like kind of deep dive into their business and kind of do some like, like pro bono marketing consulting or like pro bono coaching. Yeah. Um, and, but I mean, literally all I did was just put it out to the world and it was just people showed up and just wanting to help us. Um, something I also learned is like there were days where we didn't know where we were going to sleep or where we were going to volunteer the next day. But like everything worked out perfectly. Just just everything will always work out perfectly. And and for me, that's a new that's a new space to be operating from because I've always been that like super high achievement oriented, like ultra organized, like president of everything and a kid. And like, I, I needed a plan. I needed to have control. Like I needed to know um, exactly what I was going to be doing. And, you know, I, I was the one who planned all of my like friends, like vacations, Yeah, like, like the guys trips. I'd always plan all the hotels and do everything. Right. Uh, I'm, I'm operating from this place of just like trust um, just trust that like I'm gonna be fine like trust in my abilities and my skills and um, yeah it's it's such a different place to operate from so like instead of being really attached to the outcome of like oh like I need to do this or like 
like I need five clients next month. I'm just sort of like it's much more flowy and it's a it's a more it's a less stressful place to operate from and I, I almost feel that my um, my outcomes are are better because I'm I'm not graspy and I'm I'm not like really attached to the outcome and you know things are working out fine so far. Awesome, yeah. I mean that sounds like a yeah, I, I think I'm kind of the same way. Like I plan all the trips, a lot of people and stuff like that. But then if it doesn't work out, then it's kind of like you feel like it's all on you. Mm-hmm. So I definitely think like the way you're operating would, would make better sense as long as you still feel you're you're growing or, you, or you're where you want to be. Yeah. So so like expectations are are a prison. It's like one of my friend's favorite quotes. And um, so like let's say you do this interview with me and. You put it out, and you're like, "Oh, you know, judging by you know Mike's list, like, I'm. I hope I get 50 Facebook likes on on this one, and and you get 40, and you're like, shit, that was a failure.' <laughs> <laughs> but you know, I, I mean, like, like anything is a failure if you come in with with expectations, or if you come in saying, you know, I'm going to do this product launch, and I have like a list of a thousand people, and I have this is my conversion rate, and I, like I'm going to make thirty five thousand dollars, and then. And you make twenty five thousand dollars, and you're like, "Oh man, like I just, <laughs> things didn't go like the way I thought they were going to." Like, like when will I finally have a successful product launch? But it's like, dude, you just made twenty five grand in like a month, and yeah, you know, and you created it, right? So it's pretty yeah, cool. Yeah, and and I use those examples because these are the conversations <clears throat> I, I have with my clients, and they're like, "Man, like I just I keep failing at everything," and I'm like, "Well, give me an example," and it's it's things like that, and it's well, like, no, you're not failing. It's just like everything is progress, and and everything is good and you know, like if you just look at everything like even even failure like failure is just feedback it's just feedback of like oops like i guess i'm not going to do that again whether it's it's with you know like with your wife or with your parents or with your friends um it's just just a learning experience and so and now that you're living like location independently like i think it definitely requires a some sort of like a mindset mindset shift but also like downsizing a lot of things. So just wondering like what, uh, what steps did you take to, to create a location independent life? Yeah. Um, I, I think the beginning of February, I emailed my landlord and said, Hey, I'm going to be out at the end of the month. Um, and then I didn't even plan anything. Like I went on a trip, like the girl I was dating at the time, like I went and stayed with her for two weeks in like North Carolina. I was like almost to like not think about it. (laughs) Not think about this like huge life change. And then I got back to my apartment, like put everything I own on Craigslist um, and just sold everything. And I still had a bunch of stuff and I ended up like donating all of it to the YMCA there. Um, And and I, I clearly remember this, this woman came with a huge, like a huge SUV and she took the like remainder of my stuff, and it was it was like amazing and freeing, you know. Like once it was all gone, like I looked into my apartment without any like without anything in it, and I sort of like breathed into this like new space of like wow, like like I'm really free right now. Um, yet at the same time, like when she was taking my stuff, I was almost like mourning the loss of yeah, yeah. of of my items <laughs> of like oh my toaster. Or like that's that pie that my girlfriend gave me ten years ago, and it's funny just how much, just how much emotional connection we have to to stuff. And um, for me, I'm so thankful that I went through that because I think it was just a just a good experience to like just lose everything, um, even though it was a conscious decision to lose all my material possessions and um, yeah, and and to keep the twenty percent of my closet that I actually wear. And get rid of the eighty percent, which is like I had like twenty pairs of basketball shorts, like, <laughs> you know, like all these shoes and like ties that I I never wore, but now I just have the good stuff, and that's what I wear. Um, but just I think there's definite like lessons um, around loss and like being okay with like giving things up, um, and and just like the freedom that comes of just having just like having space and like everything I own fits in my car, and so I, I just kind of drive around the country and stay with friends or do you use couch surfing or Airbnb? Um, and there's definite downsides of it, but all in all for now, like it's the lifestyle really serves me and um, I'm just rich with like life experiences, which has been fun. Yeah. I think it's kind of funny. Like I know a lot of people who at least say they want to travel, but like one of the main things holding them back is just having too much stuff that they're worried about. 
So it's kind of too bad that you're like holding off on something you want to do in life just because of some materials. Yeah. And, and I mean, travel, like I don't even pay for travel and I don't want to turn this into like a travel hacking conversation, <laughs> but like it's, I get a couple hundred frequent flyer, a couple hundred thousand frequent flyer miles for free, like every year, not by doing anything special, just by churning maybe five or six credit cards. So I literally travel for free everywhere. Um, and I stay with either my friends or use couchsurfing or Airbnb. So I'm very like minimal, um, just like, yeah, very minimal cost. And, and I live cheaper on the road full time than I did when I just had a one bedroom apartment in, in Jersey. And, you know, I'll encounter people on the road who say, oh, it's, it must be nice to be like independently wealthy and travel or like, you know, it must be nice to be able to just, you know, to do whatever. And I'm like, no, I, you know, I live on about two grand a month maybe. And they're shocked, you know, there's they're like, there's no way, you know, I, I spend two, two grand a weekend when I go to Vegas and it's like, well, you're, you're doing it wrong. So, um, yeah, like we'll not talk about travel hacking. I mean, obviously if anyone wants to learn about it, they can go to your site or, you know, go to like one of Chris Gillibo's sites, but, um, yeah, yeah it's everything like full-time travel. Yeah. It's, it's so available to you. Like if you're listening to this and think it's not, it's so available and, um, yeah, just, just do a little bit of research and take just a couple calculated risks and it's there for you. Yeah. That's amazing. I mean, even with 1500 a month and no travel hacking like points, you should be able to, to live pretty awesomely on the road. Mm-hmm. Or if you're one of those people who want to, to rent an apartment for a month, it's like even cheaper. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, it's pretty incredible compared to like the Western world and rent and, and plus like usually most cities you need a car and that kind of stuff. So then you have car and insurance and gas and, and all that stuff. So it adds up. Yeah. Or go, time. or go live in Thailand and live like a, yeah, exactly. a grand a month and <laughs> just get a, get a massage every day and eat like $2 pad Thai. Like it's, it's there. Just and mango big. shakes, man. Mango shakes. <laughs> all right. All right. Back to the interview. Sorry. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> what, uh, well, I think you kind of answered this earlier, but I was going to ask you like, what made you want to become, specifically a men's coach yeah great question um i i think men need a lot of help um there's in general so i'd I'd say men we're afraid to ask for help um we think that we have to be strong and we think that we have to like take the world on like like whether it's 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 me and i'm i'm in you know i'm the head of this household it's you know my wife and my kids or like I'm, i'm i'm running this business and um, and I would say in general, as men, we, we're afraid to ask for help, like, or, or, or we think it's weak to ask for help. Um, another thing is that, and, and again, sort of a generality is like, I, I think men, um, a lot of men are like, they're like robots. Like they're like emotionally handicapped robots where, where they, they don't cry. They don't like feel it's, you know, like their wives are like, you know, is there, is there anything in there? And, um, and you know, and it could be because at a young age, like our, our fathers told us to like, you know, don't be a girl, don't cry, you know, be a man, hold it together. Or maybe like, you know, we cried on the playground and like the kids made fun of us. And, um, so, you know, like, like not crying, it's crying or being angry or experiencing any emotion. Like it's just a neurological response to stimuli and it's, it's totally normal. Like there's no good emotions or bad emotions. Like they're just emotions. And I think we kind of like vilify certain emotions and, you know, think that like, you know, crying is bad or it's gay or it's weak or it's for women. Um, but like not crying, it's like, it's like not pooping or like not farting for a month. Like it's just, it's unnatural. Um, so honestly, a lot of my work is like, I get paid lots of money to make men cry and, uh, and, and help them get in touch with like their heart and help them to show up in the world, like with an open heart and, uh, to be able to like relate to the women in their lives or even to have like emotional intimacy with, with other men without feeling it's gay or like with, you know, without feeling it's weird. Uh, you know, like I say, I love you to like at least a dozen guys in my life. And I truly do. It's like, like, mm-hmm. I love them. Like, like, I love them like, like brothers, it's like that brotherly love. And, um, and, and that's a pretty new thing for me. Like as I, as I did the work and I did the coaching work and I really learned to open up. Um, so I, I, I work with men because 
you know, not that long ago, like I, I was the guy who's my ideal client. Like I was a guy who sort of had it all and who had um, a good job and had weekend trips and like a hot girlfriend, but I, I still felt stuck and I, I still felt like, like there was something more. Um, and I just, I wasn't completely happy. And, and most of that was just because of my beliefs, like my beliefs of, of the world, um, or just like the crap that I picked up from my, from my childhood or from my parents or from society or from religion. And, um, you know, a lot of my journey, like through doing my life coach training program, through traveling full time, I mean, a lot of it was just shedding, like it was shedding the lies of like, I'm not good enough or like, I'm not worthy of love or like men shouldn't hug or just, just, you know, it's like shedding all this crap. And I think a lot of personal development, like, I don't know if it's growth or like becoming better or if it's like, I would say it's more eliminating. Like I would say it's more eliminating the beliefs and lies that, that, that we pick up. Um, cause we're born perfect. You know, like when you're, when you're a baby, you're born with perfect self-esteem. You have no problems like <laughs> your stuff. Like if you want, yeah. you want a cookie, if you want some breast milk, you're just like, wow, like give me some, you know, <laughs> give me something <laughs> like you're, you're perfect. But then as you, you know, as you get older, you kind of get this crap, you know, built on you like, Oh, like you should be humble or like, you should be quiet or, you know, it's like, you should, you know, it's like, you know, you're not worthy of that. Like, like, you know, who are you to, who are you to be coaching people or like, who are you to be running a business? And, um, so a lot of my work is just eliminating, um, you know, beliefs and lies that we've picked up over the years, just kind of through, through our existence here. Yeah. It really is amazing. Like how many emotions I think that, that guys hold, like even, even with me, I've noticed, especially over the last few years that, I don't know why, but for some reason, I find myself sometimes holding, um, like making myself not get too excited about mm-hmm. something. Like mm-hmm. it could be something really cool, like I'm going skydiving, but it's almost like I hold back on like that really exciting, like, whoa, I'm going skydiving. I like keep it like simple, which yeah. is weird. I don't know. I don't know where that came from all of a sudden. Um, yeah. And, and for, for anyone else, listening in uh, this this comes up common too of we almost feel guilty for feeling so good of like of, of like having that euphoric feeling of like standing on top of a mountain and just being like yeah like my life is awesome it's like we almost feel guilty of like like stepping into our greatness or like feeling the the joy of that because oh wait like there's there's other people who don't have lives like that or or there's people in pain right now um but you know like like limiting your joy does nothing but limit your joy. Like it doesn't yeah. affect anyone else. And um, like I, <laughs> it sounds crazy, but I, like oftentimes I just like I I'll be sitting in a room or be sitting with um, some friends and I'll just like I'll just feel so grateful. I mean sometimes I'll, I'll just be like whoa, but like this this moment is awesome. And I'm like hey, like Nikki, like isn't this like isn't this pad thai amazing and <laughs> and it's just a just a true like celebrating like what's in front of me and being grateful for whether i'm like outdoors skydiving or whether i'm just like sitting with friends and, and really celebrating this like this life that i've created and and being okay with enjoying things and um as opposed to yeah i because because that comes up sometimes in my coaching where it's almost like we put a limit on like how much we let ourselves get excited about something um, but why, you know, it's like, like, why not look at your wife and be like, like, you are so beautiful. Like, I'm so, like, I'm so grateful that you are here or to like, look at a meal and be like, like meal, you are so delicious and <laughs> with, with every bite, like really being grateful for it. Um, it, it kind of reminds me too. I have been reading a book lately on, uh, the philosophy of like stoic, stoicism. Mm-hmm. And it's like one of the things they say in there is just being, being able to look at pretty much every situation and and realize that like it could be your last yeah yeah right like every time you see your your daughter in the morning to to, like to be thankful that she's there but to also realize that like you might not get this moment again with her so and it kind of just just makes you appreciate your life a lot more and appreciate everything that's in front of you like even if it's the last time you're brushing your teeth it's going to be a great a great teeth brushing (laughs) yeah no it's it's true i've been uh it's funny that you bring that up. Like I've been meditating on my death a lot for like, I don't know, just for some reason it's just been, been coming up and, uh, and it makes me, it makes me feel just more justified and more happy of like the way that I am living my life. Like, even though 
I'm making like probably like a fifth of what I was making in my corporate job. And, and I don't have a girlfriend right now and, and I don't have a lot, but like when I really think about it, like I, I'm, I'm consciously like if I won the lottery, I'd pretty much be doing what I do every day, which yeah. is like have breakfast and dinner with amazing people, um, do yoga in the morning, go, go on a walk almost every day right, um, do work that really turns me on and really excites me, which for me is coaching, um, and spend a lot of time just like having amazing conversations with amazing people. And um, yeah, and just as I've been sort of like meditating on my death, I'm like, yeah, like this, this is what I need to be doing right now. And, um, and it's okay that I'm not making a bunch of money or like, it's okay that my business isn't, isn't huge right now because like it, it's getting there. Um, but for now, it's just like I, I'm thankful that like every day, like every day is like the best day of my life. And but I I had to shed a lot of crap to get here. So. Yeah, and sometimes it's funny. Even even if you're making a hundred k at a business or even with your own business, like you don't always need that much money either. Like it's yeah. all it's always nice for sure if you can save it away and have that stuff. But it's not like necessary for happiness or anything like that. So. Yeah, and then um, and I have friends who, you know, it's like you're making a hundred k, but what are the costs? Like, because you're spending an extra maybe ten k a year on like meals and getting drunk to like fill that hole in your heart, or you're you know spending it on like fancy clothes and suits. Um, you know, it's like like there's there's other costs in there involved. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> the really nice just, car. Just keeping you, yeah, yeah, really nice car. Just just keeping you at like that baseline of happiness because. Because you're, you know, um, yeah, because you're unhappy with, like, the work that you're doing. And um, and something else just kind of came up for me, too. Like, there's nothing wrong with having a corporate job. Like, there's there's nothing wrong mm-hmm. with working 40, 50 hours a week. And I think we almost, like, vilify it a little bit. Like, in our in our circle of, like, oh, be a location independent entrepreneur. Like, you know, I'm in Thailand. Like, I'm drinking out of a coconut bitch. Like, you know, it's like... <laughs> Um, there's, I have a lot of friends who just, who are amazing husbands and fathers and they work corporate jobs and they are thoroughly satisfied with their lives. So, um, it's, you know, it's like, do what serves you. You know, if, if you work for a company that like makes a difference in the world and, and you're doing work that aligns to your strengths and it's all just boom, 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 lined up, like nothing wrong with it at all. And yeah, I definitely um, think a little too much of the lifestyle design philosophy has been, been geared towards like quitting yeah, and just yeah. like traveling and that can be great like I, I, lo- I really love travel and and seeing other cultures so it's like important to me but not everyone really likes traveling that much either yeah. and not yeah. everyone really I don't want to say capable but not everyone wants the pressures of having their own business either so yeah I mean, if, if you're you know like if you're a mom and you have three kids and um, you have a mortgage and you live in Iowa like it's um you're probably not going to just like quit everything and like go move to Cambodia. But there are, there are aspects of lifestyle design, which you can incorporate into your life. Like yeah. you can start to like outsource more or, or you can automate tasks. Like you can, you know, automate even, stuff. even just realizing the things that are not important to you that you're spending time on or money and taking all that and putting it into things that are important. Yeah. So um, a very simple example, it's like, I spend zero minutes a month paying my bills. So everything is auto pay and I have paperless statements. Like I don't even spend time shredding my bills when they come because everything is paperless and everything is auto pay. Um, so that's just, I mean, a small but simple example of using lifestyle design principles and like systematizing my life um, just to have freedom. Because um, for me, freedom isn't money, it's time. So, you know, so for me, freedom is being able to do what I want to do when I want to do kind of any time. So, I mean, totally. it's a small example, but there's a lot of, there's a lot of ways that there's, there's definitely, I mean, all of us, and I'm still, um, I still waste my time doing stuff that I know I could be outsourcing or that I could be. So, I mean, all of us have, all of us have at least two or three hours a week that, that we're, we're wasting that we could give to someone or create a system for, you know, automating it. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Another thing I wanted to ask you too is like having met you, I've seen like how great you are at networking and you have this like huge sphere of friends mm-hmm. uh, online and whatever. And uh, I'm just wondering like, what would you recommend 
most people like do to build their network of friends? Yeah. So, um, I was just talking to someone about this. So I, I think I'm good. <laughs> and it's funny. People say like, Oh, you're a good networker. Like to me, <laughs> the word networker sounds kind of cheesy. Um, yeah, true. And it sounds almost so like one of my coaching clients, I just got off the phone and, you know, we're talking about how sometimes we, we almost go into these relationships, especially with, with other bloggers, like, like we're warlords, like, like, Oh, I have a list of 10,000. What do you bring into the table? Ooh, 12,000. You know, I, I don't know if we, if I want to do a joint venture with you. Um, when I go out into the world, like I go out just giving and interacting and, um, I think I've I've built a lot of my like sphere of influence and my like my network um, one through through FaceTime. I think FaceTime is really important. And every city that I'm at, I host a meetup and I just say, hey, like you know, entrepreneurs, authors, innovators, people who are into having good conversations. Um, I make a Facebook event and I send it out and say, you know, like invite your friends if if they like talking to other smart people uh, and. And every time it's a like it's a success, whether it's three people or whether it's twenty people, and um, so I, I do a lot of that um, when I'm when I'm talking to someone. I like I legitimately care, and I'm I'm intellectually curious about like who they are and about their business. Um, I I remember I was talking to um, a entrepreneur at the second WDS, and I was asking her how her business is going, and she was doing lifestyle design for moms. And she was like, you're the only person who remembered that from last year. And she's like, just thank you so much. And she's like, if you ever need anything, then, you know, let me know if you need help with, with your marketing or copywriting. And um, so one, I care, like I, I, and I legitimately care. And like, you can't fake that. Yeah. Um, I care. Um, I share. I'm very vulnerable about like my business or my, even stuff that's like taboo, like my sex life or like my dating and relationships life or like how I'm failing, like, yeah, just like, just, I, I share a lot. And, um, I think people, when I talk to people, they're like, Oh, like, like this guy is just a, a normal human being and, and, and I can be myself and I sort of create trust by sharing. Um, so I care, I share and I ask good questions. So I ask questions that I think other people are kind of scared to ask, or, um, I ask questions about real things. So some of them are like, you know, like, what are you excited about lately? Um, what are you most proud of? Um, what are you obsessed about? Like, what's the craziest thing you've ever done? Like, I, because I, that's stuff that I want to talk about. Like, I don't want to say like, oh, what's your website? And like, how do you monetize? And where'd you go to college? And blah, blah, blah. Like, I, I want to really get down to the heart of like what matters, um, which to me, like, it's the human experience. It's talking about like emotions and fears and um, so I, yeah, I, I share, I care and I ask good questions. Nice. Yeah. Um, I think one of the problems with like, with networking, well, the word networking, I guess has been like associated with, with those kind of those meetup groups where you go to an event and it's just all about like handing your business card out and, mm-hmm. you know, asking, asking what they do and you don't even like really care. You're just hoping they'll buy what you're selling and mm-hmm. they're hoping you buy with that, what they're selling and there's no real connection. Yeah. So. Yeah, I don't. I don't even have cards. It's it's funny. People, are like, oh my gosh, like, do you have a card? And I just like, I, I go, no. Like, here, let me text you my name. You can Google me. <laughs> like, <laughs> I'm on, you know, find find me on Facebook. Facebook's my Rolodex, and um, you know, and it works for yeah, like it works. Like, I know there's a lot of things I can be doing. Um, there's you know, in certain aspects, I'm a horrible business person, but um, at the same time, like, I would. Um, I would rather be awesome in person than awesome online. And like, I'd rather be an awesome human being than some awesome like name on the internet or someone with a bunch of Twitter followers or something. Cause, cause to <laughs> me that, like, that's important. Like, yeah. like actual friendships and actual connection, um, instead of like just making a bunch of money or instead of like being internet famous. Um, so yeah, like I, I value, I like legitimately value people. Um, and, and one other practice I do is, um, I've, I've done a lot of work around eye contact and, um, I make, I make way more eye contact than what most people are comfortable with. <laughs> and, um, it's, it's pretty powerful stuff. Like if, um, Google like eye gazing parties or Google like authentic relating games, 
there's a company called Authentic World that they do like meetups where you literally just like stare into a person's eyes. And uh, that's been some of the biggest like personal development I've done in the past year. It's uh, it's being being able to like just be in front of someone and like relate to them and just really have that intense connection. Yeah, it's amazing how difficult it is, right? To look yeah. into someone's eyes for more than, I don't know, a few seconds. Yeah. I mean, I've, I've gone to these like meetups and workshops where like you'll just stare and some of them are like gender balanced. So like you're staring into the eyes of like a beautiful wo- woman for like 60 seconds straight. And all, all sorts of crap comes up and like you're scared and you get all jittery. But um, <laughs> if, yeah, if there's anything that you took from this interview, it just practice like eye contact. Um, if you if you have a spouse or a significant other, that's a perfect place to practice. Just just practice like being in front of them for for thirty for for sixty seconds, and um, it's yeah, it's one of the biggest takeaways from two thousand twelve. Um, it's just like crazy, like in, and and the eye contact, it's it's really intimacy. So it's it's really just like being intimate with someone and being able to open yourself up and be vulnerable and like trust and, and let someone else see you. Um, I think, I think people get the reads the reasons we're uncomfortable with eye contact is because like, we're afraid of being seen. So we're afraid that, you know, like they're, they're, they're going to see a piece of me that like they don't like, or, or, or they're going to tell like I'm lying or they're going to see my shadow side or, or, or they're going to tell that I'm afraid right now. And, um, yeah. And just, just, just open up and yeah. We're like afraid of their perception of us. Right. Yeah, yeah, but you know who cares? So. <laughs> I guess that that probably that leads me into the next question. I was just going to ask. Uh, I mean, now that you've been uh, location independent for over a year, I was just going. What are some of the greatest challenges you've uh, faced since beginning your journey? Um, challenges, like definitely, um, romantic relationships are tough. Like you know, like I'll I'll meet a woman who like just just it's amazing and. We have this like incredible romance for a week and then it's like, sorry, like I'm going on the road again. So, um, yeah, love is really tough. That's a big pain point for a lot of us. I've had a lot of, um, conversations with, you know, different travel bloggers or location independent entrepreneurs. Um, we don't always sleep in the nicest places. Like I sleep on the floor. <laughs> I sleep like on the floor or on a crappy air mattress or on an uncomfortable couch all the time. Um, like when I sleep on a bed, like sleeping on a bed is such a treat for me now. <laughs> Um, getting a hotel room, like sometimes I'll just get a, like a really nice hotel and just like sleep in a big king size bed and just like sleep for 12 hours. Cause I'm like, Oh, you know, a bed. Yeah. You um, really appreciate it at that point. Yeah. And, and it's funny. It's like, I think we, we sell, we sell like the sexiness of being location independent. And oftentimes it's not, you know, it's like, it's like just sitting in your underwear, like working in front of a computer for 10 hours while, you know, while you're, while your buddy's like working over here, like shooting video. <laughs> um, yeah, it's, it's funny. So yeah, there's, uh, the definite, like, like creature comforts of, um, just having like a bed and having a girlfriend, like having a kitchen to cook in sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um, most of the time, my friends who I stay with, like we always cook, like I like making smoothies or like making them breakfast or dinner. And it's kind of like my way of giving back. Um, but despite all of the, um, despite all, all all the downsides, like it's definitely at least for me right now in this moment, the lifestyle serves me, and like I would like there's there's nothing else I want to be doing right now. Um, but it is yeah, I mean I do get tired sometimes, and you know sleeping on floors, eating crappy food, but it's a, <laughs> it's a huge adventure, and I'm um, yeah just just really happy that I, I've been able to do it, and it's time that I will never never ever forget. Yeah, even for me, I think like the biggest pro of of being location independent, obviously, is just like the freedom, the, the flexibility of choosing what you want to do. It's not even necessarily traveling the world, but knowing if an event comes up, like a conference, that you don't have to ask your job for it off, and maybe they say no. And it's yeah. just like just being able to to make your own decisions is a huge yeah. positive, right? Yeah. So I mean, I I honestly don't know what I'm going to be doing. I have plans for about a week and a half out. Like I'm, I'm going to an intensive next week. And, um, other than that, like, I, I don't know if I'm going to be in Los Angeles or Arizona where my family lives. Like I'm, there's a speaking engagement I might do up in like Oregon. I have a friend in Alaska who wants me to visit her. Um, so like I have a lot of options and, but like, I'm not stressing about like, I know like everything will work out perfectly. And 
and it has for the past 14 months, like just like so perfectly, like almost, almost to the point where I'm like testing the universe now. Like there's been times where like I've gone, <laughs> I've gone to events or conferences like without a place to sleep, like or like without knowing what I'm gonna do, just to like test it. It's just like like let's let's see what happens. Like I'm gonna go to LA without any plans and at 3 p.m. and just kind of see. And then you know <laughs> I'll have I'll have dinner with some friends because I'll send a tweet like hey I'm in LA and and they'll say oh like I'm. I'm house sitting this giant house. Where are you staying tonight? Okay, I guess I'm staying there. And just like <laughs> it, it just keeps on working out perfectly. And um, and again, it's it's a different space for me to be operating in, but just it's created like a sense of trust, um, just like a trust in the universe, or like trust in people, or trust in um, trust in uncertainty of knowing that even you know even with uncertainty, like like Sean Eagle gave a really good TED, TED talk about uncertainty. Um, and a lot of people think like, you know, like what's the worst that can happen? But instead of thinking what's the worst that can happen, it's like anything can happen. I mean, like anything is possible with uncertainty. Um, so yeah, yeah I've, just been, I've just been playing in that space and it's been fun. And I think the whole interview has led into, uh, what have been some of the great realizations you've had since beginning your journey. I think we've pretty much gone over all of them, but. Yeah. Um, yeah. So since beginning my journey, one, everything will work out perfectly. And I mean, just, just so perfectly. It's like, like where you are right now in this point in, in, in life, like everything has led up to you being here. Um, and, and all of your experiences, like your entire body of work is something that, that you can use to help others or to build a business or to, you know, launch the next step of your career. Um, you know, don't worry about like, don't have any regrets about the past of like being in that relationship that was too long or like working in that corporate job that was too long. Cause like, cause you definitely learn things from there. Um, and, and from, and from here on out, just, just trust, like everything's going to work out perfectly. Um, two, just like play, like just, just play more, um, go out dancing, like be outside, like just, um, just like do more fun stuff. And it, it sounds counterintuitive and it, cause you're like, I need to be working more, but, um, I mean, every time I go and play, like I come back with like this, like renewed sense of like energy and vigor into my work, whether it's like writing or, or coaching. Um, so yeah, everything will work out perfectly, uh, play and just make killer eye contact with, with people and, uh, work on that. Just like work on, work on eye contact, do some research on like eye gazing and authentic relating and. Um, it has definitely like increased the like the level of connection and intimacy and just being able to connect with with people. Um, so yeah, those are my those are my three for now. That's all I can. Think of. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> yeah, I think like when you mentioned that people always seem like they they need to work more. I've noticed a lot from talking to people as well. It's almost like you know if they're thinking about traveling for a while or or starting a new career or business. It's like it's almost like we've been. In, I don't know, embedded through life to to be, be climbing a ladder all the time like we always have you know we have to graduate by this age we have to get a job and get a house and work our way up to the top and retire and it's all like this it's almost like you feel it's like it's okay to take a few steps down the ladder for a while or to jump off the ladder <laughs> yeah. um but last but not least this one ask what what uh what advice would you give to someone like listening to this interview that is like aching to do something really different with his or her life, but, but they just, you know, they're, they're scared or it's just a very unfamiliar territory. Yeah. So, um, so, so no one ever got over like the fear of something and then did that thing. Like they did that thing and then got over the fear. Um, so I, like a mantra I use a lot in my coaching is speak and speaking is, um, in the face of fear, take a bold step forward. So, so every day we come to almost a proverbial ledge. Like it's like you're you're standing on the ledge. You're like looking off the cliff, and you're like, shit, that's really scary. And for for most of my life, like I I just stood there. Like I I didn't move away from my hometown until I was 27. Like I I started dating really late in life, and just for most of my life, I was like paralyzed by fear. Um, but I think just a, just a couple years ago, I I started leaning into that fear and. So now I'm at the point where, like, if something scares me, that's what I do. Like, like the things that I'm scared of, like, that that's my next edge, and that's what I should be doing. 
Um, so yeah, I would just say like in the face of fear, take a bold step forward. So whether it's like talking to that attractive girl at Whole Foods or whether it's doing more public speaking um, or whether it's, you know, like quitting your job or like even for me, like this is scary. I haven't done a, a lot of Skype interviews. Um, I've been doing a good number of them in the past couple of weeks and they're getting less scary because like I'm doing more of them. Um, so just, yeah, just, just there's things that scare you every day and like that's your next edge. And when you do that, your, your comfort zone will continue to increase and, and increase. And there'll be one day where you wake up and you're like, I don't even recognize my life anymore. Um, and I, I mean, that's kind of where I'm at now. Like I, I don't recognize my life at all. It's, it's bizarre that I'm a coach and entrepreneur and I travel full time. Just it's so bizarre. Like when, when I think of like who I was for, for most of my life. Um, but, but the, the switch was, you know, in the face of fear, I'll take a bold step forward. Like instead of just being paralyzed by fear. So just, just, just leap. And I mean, everything will work out. So. Totally. Even for me, these interviews are like really scary. Right. I mean, I had never done these before either. And it's just like, it's one of those things. Like I tried to learn as much as I could before doing them, but until you do it, uh, I don't think it really matters. You just have to have to get out there and try. Yeah. And I mean, and everything that we've ever done at some point was the first time. So like, like I, I do tons of coaching now. Like there was a point where that was my first coaching call and I was freaking out or, um, you know, like even the Skype interview, like you've, you did your first one and you were sharing before we started the call. You're like, it sucks so bad. Like I didn't even, yeah. <laughs> but you, but you learn from it and like, you're just going to keep on getting better and better. Like your podcast, your videos are going to get better and better. Um, so yeah, I mean everything, even like Olympians or like professional athletes, like LeBron James shot a basketball for the first time at some point in his life. And, but it's just, it's consistent action in the face of fear. So. Totally. Well, thanks Mike for doing this interview. Uh, yeah, it's been awesome. Like a long one, but I think it's like great. Yeah. Yeah. This I was think good. people yeah. will get a lot from this. It was fun for sure. And, uh, I look forward to seeing you again in Portland and doing some, uh, some dance parties. Something. <laughs> <laughs> All right, man. Well, yeah, have a great evening and I'll, uh, yeah. For those of you that want to, hear more from mike go to christoski.com h-r-o-s-t-o-s-k-i.com but i'll i'll put a link up on the the site anyway so cool thanks for having me matt this was super fun yeah man it's been awesome okay have a good one all right well that's the end of podcast number seven with mike christoski what an amazing interview uh, i know it went a lot longer than uh my normal interviews but uh it was really good, a lot of information on there, and I really hope it helps you out. If you have any questions for Mike, just leave some comments on the blog where the podcast is at livelimitless.net, and I'll be sure to have him answer those for you. So until next time, have a great week, and we'll see you again soon.